Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. of the cluttering podcast i'm amy Ravel. i'm your host have been for five years you've had me in your ears today you get a special guest in your ears with me it's my wonderful friend jess gim hello jess hey amy we've i feel like we've done it we've definitely done at least one episode together before haven't we yes yeah we did a couple of years ago yeah okay well this one is going to be a riot because it's part of our ADHD series. And I was just saying to you before I hit record that what I'm loving about the ADHD series is I'm not really filtering my own ADHD, which I usually am quite conscious of doing when I'm with a neurotypical. Yes. So, it, you know, these episodes might go who knows where. <laughs> they could go down any rabbit hole, for sure. So oh, you're man. a professional organiser. Um, we worked together for, I don't know, a year or more. About a year, But yeah. can you introduce yourself to the community? They might have seen you in the Facebook group. They may have had you out to their home. They may have seen you in the Head, Heart and Home community. They may have seen you, like you're, you're everywhere. So tell us a bit about you. I'm like COVID. You can't get rid of me. I keep coming back. <laughs> That's um, gold. You're welcome. That's a great introduction, isn't it? Um, no, um, yeah, so I'm a professional organiser, mainly thanks to you as well. Like I kind of found your podcast and, and then kind of got into your course and then it was like, hey, I can do this. I'm going to be a professional organiser. Um, I've been doing it now for three and a half years, um, which see, it's blows my mind. Um, people ask me, I'm like, yeah, no, three and a half years. I'm like, holy crap. Um, I have four beautiful children. Uh, ranging from 12 years old to eight months old. So I'm going to be doing school lunches, school drop-offs and everything for a very, very long time. <laughs> and um, I'm a wife to my beautiful husband, Harley. Um, I have children and work. I'm not sure what else there is really, especially when you're a mum. You know, like well, when you go for a job interview and they're like, what are your interests? And you're like, I don't like, have any. Um, I'm a mum. <laughs> I feed <laughs> people. <laughs> 
Um, so I worked with the Identity Cluttering for a year, um, which was fantastic. I loved it because I got so much experience in working with colleagues um, that were professional organisers because where I am, I am the only professional organiser within like a three, 400K radius of any direction, <laughs> um, especially at West. I don't think there's any out West, but East towards um, Mackay and Proserpine, I think there may be a couple. But, yeah, basically I'm the only one out here. So to be able to work with ladies that do this all the time, day in, day out, or week in, week out, and um, get that feedback and bounce stuff off them and say, hey, you know, what do you do, do here and what could we do there and and that sort of stuff was so, so good. Um, and, yes, beyond that journey and then I took maternity leave off to have bub um, and then, yeah, just with life happening, it just worked out better to go back working for myself, um, which was great. And I'm so thankful for that experience, which is awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And you're still part of the family. Oh, yeah. You can't get rid of me. As I said. Like, <laughs> We're not getting rid of you. No, it's the best. <laughs> In the best way. Now, so Jess has referred to herself both as COVID and the plague, which is, you yeah, know, really, really amazing. Um, <laughs> listeners, Jess is in rural Australia. So the connection is pretty good. But um, if you if it drops out a little bit, just stick with us that what you get will be phenomenal. Yeah. Jess, I want to know, this is the question I've got for each person at the start of this series of our ADHD deep dive, sure. is do you have ADHD? Do you work with ADHDers? Do you live with ADHDers or all of the above? All of the above. Um, <laughs> I have ADHD. I got diagnosed um, very start of 2021 after a family member of mine was like, hey, I got diagnosed with this six months ago. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, what is it? And she told me her symptoms. And I was like, every single one she said, I was like, oh, me too, me too, me too. So went down the path of diagnosis, um, got diagnosed. And I still remember the phone call, like the video call that I had with my doctor and he's like, and I took the test and everything, ticked nine out of the 10 boxes, even with childhood. And I was like, oh, that explains a lot. Um, (laughs) And I remember him saying, yes, no, you do. And he was so casual about it. And I'm thinking, you're telling me life altering information here, dude. Like what the the heck? And he's like, okay, see you next time. Hung up. And I just cried and I cried and cried and cried. And I was so, it was a mix of like, happy but like sad and excitement and all the feelings and because we feel so intensely too as ADHD is um and yeah it took me a while to grasp that but then also it was like this big weight just lifted and was like oh my gosh I'm not lazy crazy and weird I just was born differently um my brain works differently so it was amazing and then it's um it's like when you buy a new car, like say you buy a new red Corolla or whatever, then you notice every single red Corolla around <laughs> you. <laughs> so and whereas you didn't before. Um and so when I got diagnosed, I was like after a while I was like, Oh, oh that person might be neurodivergent too. And this person and this person and they're talking their symptoms and a lot of my village, a lot of around me are neurodivergent people, which is funny because I think we attract each other. Because mm-hmm. we we yeah we get each other and we can we get it yeah we can talk to each other and interrupt each other and no one cares and it's fine and we can go down tangents and we're not rude or strange to thing when we talk and we get on so and you know we we know we're going to be late and it's fine and all that sort of stuff but 
um, yeah, and then I've noticed in my children, um, my oldest is he's pretty good. I'm pretty sure he had it, has it, but mildly, or either that or he's got very good at masking. I'm not sure, one or the other. Um, and we've had an assessment of him, but it come up that he was okay. Like we didn't need any interventions with that. Um, my second, I'm in the process at the moment of diagnosis. I'm fairly sure he'll need a fair bit of help. Um, great kid, loves school, loves everything, kindest kid in the world, but um, is mm-hmm. struggling with like literacy and stuff like that. So which I did at that age, but somehow managed to get through, <laughs> struggled, but it was fine. And then um, so I'm hoping I can be that help for him and get that through as well make school a lot easier for him or mm. more enjoyable I think is the word um and then my daughter my third one who's my crazy um I still yet yeah, I'm still sitting on the fence but I'm pretty sure she is she zones out a lot with like especially tv and stuff but she is like a ball a minute and awesome love school can remember stuff which is fantastic um memory's not great in our family and yeah, my eight month old is yet to be seen but um, my husband's neurotypical um, and is awesome. I don't know how he lives in a house full of this, but he's, he does. Um, but, yeah, and then, oh, so many of my clients, um, especially since I've started back after maternity leave because a lot of my social media content is about my ADHD, I've just decided to embrace it, I'm not hiding it. it from anyone. So, yeah, a lot of my content is about, like, organising an ADHD and, and what that looks like and a lot of like tongue-in-cheek with stuff and and you know like things that we do but um you know that isn't great like might not be the right way to do it but we do it anyway um and that's okay like if we do things differently or we don't do things or you know we do things in surges instead of consistency because the most consistent thing in my life is that I'm inconsistent so (laughs) um the irony yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I've actually had a lot of clients um, lately that are neurotypical, are neurodivergent, and I've had one or two that I've actually helped put on that diagnosis track because mm. as we were going through things, they're like, I don't know why I do this and why I can't do this. And I say, hey, I'm this. Do you think maybe there might be, like, traits, like this is ADHD or, like, these kind of things line up? Would there be something interested in? And then they go, oh, maybe, and then they go and think on it and then they ring me later and say, hey, I've got a doctor's appointment I got a referral and, or, you know, like, <laughs> I went to the specialist and, yes, I have autism and ADHD or I just have ADHD or, you know, so, and then we really bond over that and I think because yeah. I know what that's like and especially from an organising perspective, um, we lay out things so differently. Like I lay out, not differently, but I lay out things um I know will work like a lot of stuff doesn't get put in cupboards it's out visual ready to see Uh but it's only the stuff they use every day because I know if there's other stuff they need they'll actually go looking for it but yeah that that out of sight out of mind is a huge one for my ADHD clients and for myself so um yeah I I love it I love that this is the profession I've gone into and then found out later it's because of this like you know that I have this and it's actually aiding me in my profession to be actually oh, 100%. Help, help people like that so much more because a lot of the time it is neurodivergent people that actually really need that help. Um, and not that neurotypical people don't, it's just they they need a lot of help and we're very terrible for asking for help. So it's mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, it's a really, really wonderful thing that I get to do. And I'm so glad I'm a part of that Neuro Spicy Club. So, yeah. And I think just like being understood and known is such an important part of ADHD. Like, I think. Once, you know, I think you and I hit it off before we even knew that we were neurodiverse. But then once we were both diagnosed, we're like, oh, we're sisters forever. Like this is, we get each other, we understand. Like the other day you said to me, "Um, can you send me some photos of your wardrobe? Like I'm wanting to redo my own wardrobe and I want to see how you do it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll do it in a minute. And the following morning you sent me a message that just said wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were like I'll do it after basketball and I was like midnight I was like she's forgotten I'll just send this it's fine and the best bit was when you sent the message I was like why would she send me a message that just says wardrobe like is she listening to the podcast episode about wardrobes is she reminding me that I need to do something to my wardrobe and it literally took me like 20 seconds to go oh that's right because <laughs> the message above it was the question that's so good um, and oh, I, no. I think one of the benefits of this episode is I, I wanted us to take the angle of like what we do. We're experts in helping people to organise and declutter their homes and our um, lens that we see that through is ADHD. And so yeah. there's going to be hacks that we do for ourselves but also like things that don't work for us but might work for other people. Yeah. So I'm excited to kind of talk about that from a professional organising perspective. Yeah. But then there's also the side that I want to delve into with you which is around like being a mum and being the person that has to get four kids out of the door in a morning and, you know, like how you went through pregnancy and the newborn stage. So I feel like there's kind of two sides to it. Yeah. Let's start with the professional organising side. Yeah. What, so before you had ADHD or not before you had it, you had it before you were diagnosed, (laughs) what were some of the things that um, you did that were different that you now go, oh, that was me creating a workaround to kind of hack my brain. Like how do you how do you oh. do some of your ADHD hacks? So I know this is a hack or whatever, but we kind of, before you know what it is, your body and your brain are already trying to help you. And what most people will see is like, a, oh, how could you do that? It's actually our way of, helping ourselves we just don't realize it and that one is the urgency so for me as a kid and especially in high school like I went to boarding school and it was like not on your own but like I didn't um you know I couldn't bring it home like hey mum what about this you know like it was either Mm. go check with your teachers or your supervisor or whatever but um was doing assignments last minute and I know that's not the one way to do it how they want you to do it and I look back now and I used to beat myself up about this all the time and it was like literally the night before or the two nights before and I'd be up till midnight and the supervisor would be coming around, turn your light off, go to bed. Um, but I was like, why does my brain work so clearly the night before it's due? Uh-huh. Why can't I just smash out these 700,000 words yesterday or like a last week? And it's that urgency and that dopamine and that sort of everything's coming through because of the urgency. So that was my brain's way of saying, hey, we might have not got that done this earlier, but let's smash this out now. We'll still be able to get it in. Um, you'll still be okay. You won't get an amazing mark possibly, but it'll be all right. Like this is my way, my brain's way of looking after me. Um, mm. So it did. And that's that was one of my workarounds in a way of, of 
doing things last minute. Like I'd pack for a trip even as an adult last minute, like morning of, we'd be leaving oh, and yeah. I'd throw everything in. I still do it. Um, but I learned now that I can do it earlier and I work around it as in giving myself false deadlines, which is fantastic even though my brain knows it's false deadlines and it's like, yeah. yeah. How weird um, is it that our brains are okay with us yeah. creating false sense of urgency? Yeah. Like it is so it's, weird it's how so it, that can work. Yeah, or I tell my husband like, hey, can you like make me go do something like that we need to do to go away <laughs> or do something? And I remember one morning we were getting ready and I was like, well, well I was I didn't have a clock around me, didn't have a watch around me or anything. And I was like, hey, Holly, how long till we've got to go? Like, what's the time? And we had to be out of the house, say, at quarter past eight. And he's like, Jess, it's ten past eight. Hurry up. And I'm like, right. Threw my makeup on or whatever I had to do. And I was like out the door and in the car, sitting down. And as I sit down clicking my seatbelt up and everyone else is in the car, he'd got them all in. And I look at the time and it was like five to eight. I was oh, like, "That's the best." Did you just did you just trick me? And he goes, "Yeah, but it worked. <laughs> we were early." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So back to the question. After we go down that rabbit hole, um, it's yeah workarounds. Before I realised I had ADHD, was um, I'm just trying to think. Especially as a mum and everything. Even if they're post diagnosis, yeah, let us know because I think. It was like a lot of the hacks that you share online are, are brilliant and you know we're constantly yeah. talking about hacks together so I would leave unknowingly kind of leave stuff out and I, I realized now it was because if I put it away I'd forget about it um which looks like clutter but for me it wasn't um mm. which a lot of our a lot of our clients do that they're like oh my gosh the table's so full and I'm like oh this is probably why um and any flat surfaces and magnets for that and delayed decisions because it's like the urgency is gone because you're like, I've used that uh-huh. thing now, I, I, I don't need to put it away, it's done. Um, but for me, like a hack in my bathroom is I've bought a little clear organiser I literally found at our St Finney's for like five bucks, but it's clear, it's got a little tray and I have everything that I need in the mornings um, on that. So that is my deodorant my like four things of makeup so like my primer my foundation and my mascara and eyeliner maybe if I'm feeling fancy my toothbrush toothpaste perfume um and like a set of tweezers so I have all those things in this tiny little organizer down the side of my sink right Uh there where I can see it and is that for me um is my process every morning I go through and I basically do like a checklist but with my stuff so I'm like, okay, deodorants first, perfume second, then it's like um, teeth and then I'll do my makeup and makeup and my teeth, whatever. Like, And it's basically just ch- checking those things off because if I don't, I will quite often be in my car and go, oh, crap, I forgot to brush my teeth or I forgot to put deodorant on. I'm sorry, public, but I have to go, like, deal with me stinking. <laughs> like, so, and another hack is I always have a bottle of Chewy in my car for those mornings um, and it's, you know, those sorts of things where you've got to, it's okay to have things out. Like if, as long as they're Mm -hmm. contained, they're not getting in anyone else's way. Um, I have an ensuite, which is fantastic. I know that there's families out there where you do have to share a bathroom with your children. Um, So that sort of thing might not be as easy because you'll have kids getting into your stuff. But even just, you know, like the little, um, what are they called? Like, the little sticky pads, but they're not sticky pads, like the suction pad ones. Mm. You can get little organisers that will just stick to your mirror 
so you can have it up out of the way of little ones because I feel like once they're about past the age of maybe seven or eight, they'll understand not touch mum stuff. But for your little ones, like put it up a bit where you can still see it but they can't reach it. So like, yeah, so that would be a way of you can have your stuff out but not in the way. And like um, very, I have learnt to have very minimal stuff actually helps me a lot. So I don't buy in bulk because otherwise there's stuff everywhere and I can't store it. So I don't do mm-hmm. that and it's not overwhelming then. Um, I've learned, oh, massive hack for me is that if you have an iPhone, there's a free app that actually comes with your phone. It's already in there. It's called Reminders. I'm not sure what the Galaxy or Samsung or other phones are, but basically it is you can make lists in it and you can set reminders in those lists and you can set it for to go off an alarm which we need we can't remember stuff or I can't remember Uh stuff if it's in a planner or a diary because I won't remember to open the diary and if it's on my phone but doesn't have an alarm on it I won't remember to look at it so I set things for my alarm to go off maybe half an hour an hour before however long I need to remember before and then in the reminder say it's at 11 o'clock or it's at whatever that's great yeah and then I have lists in that that um, that are like school, kids' school, after-school activities, kids' school reminders, um, presents to buy, events we've been invited to, um, my shopping list so you can add to it, you know, as you go um, without a reminder so that when you're at the shops you go, oh, yeah, we do actually need sugar or whatever. Mm. Um, and with that app too on the iPhone, you can actually share it with people. So I have my husband on the shopping list one. So if he's down at the grocery shop, or I'm down the grocery shop, one of us remember that we need something, we can chuck it on there and it automatically things through to their phone. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah, and we set like, you know, there's um, kids after school reminders so that if I'm working and Harley has the children or vice versa, the reminder will still go off like, oh, that kid has footy training or that kid has dancing. Um, and it's even though it's weekly things that happen every week, like we, my boys have footy training twice a week, every week, but footy season is on, but I always make sure I still have that reminder set because there is a very good chance I could forget and get caught up with something else. So, and, and the issue is not that we completely forget it often. No. So what I'll do is, um, like, say for today, I'm like, I know that I'm recording with Jess at particular time, yeah. but 10 minutes before something happens that distracts me mm-hmm. and then within that 10 minutes, I've completely forgotten it. Then I'm like, oh, no, I'm running late for that thing that I 10 minutes ago I was early for. Yes. <laughs> now, yeah. so, like, we have reminders for take the kids to tutoring. Yes, yep. it happens every week. Yeah. Or every single meeting I ever put in my calendar, I set two reminders for. Yeah. One at an hour and one at 10 minutes because I know that by the time the – 10 minutes comes I've forgotten that I got a reminder an hour ago (laughs) yeah I I don't I don't click my reminder off like as completed until that meeting is done or until that thing is done um because it will show up on the front of my phone like you can make it a priority like high priority or flag it or whatever so it comes up on my phone and I'm always you know there's messages that you check your phone or whatever I'm like oh Mm -hmm. right that thing's still happening or that's still the kids are at footy training don't forget to pick them up like those sorts of things. I actually have an yeah. alarm in my phone for 5.30 because that's when I have to go pick up one child and drop off another. Um, and same thing, I, like because it's right at it's, – it's because it's at dinner time too. Jess, I just realised that um, I do the same thing in my bathroom, but 
the trick that I have that makes me feel like I don't have things all over my counter is I have them like in containers like you were talking about. But for some Mm -hmm. things like my moisturiser, which is in a pump, I actually went to Kmart and bought, they're almost like... They're almost like saucers, but they're oblong shaped and they've just got like pretty Mm. Australiana animals on them. And I've got one of, I've got two of those in the bathroom. And by having like my deodorant and my moisturizer and like a toner sitting on it, even though they're out, it feels contained because it's on that little tray. And I fell in love with that idea. And now I have one on my desk that's got, you know, any medication that I have to take that's not morning or night sits at my desk. And it sits on one of those little trays. So even though my desk is not hugely minimalist, because I have to have things out so that I remember, by like grouping them on a little tray, it makes me feel like, well, it's organized because it's intentional, but I'm not going to forget. It's kind of like that habit stacking as well. Like, Mm -hmm. um, like that's where I have, if I have a shower, then I immediately come out where I dry myself. It's like, okay, cool. Now I have to brush my teeth. And it's, it's having stacking that and really good habit stacking for me um, is I have my ADHD meds where my tea and coffee and sugar are. So like everyone else probably has them in a medicine cabinet. (laughs) No, mine's next to my kettle because I know for a fact I will always make a coffee as soon as I wake up um, and my medication's there. So while I'm making my coffee ready for the kettle to boil, I'll grab my medication out and then like have my brain candy chased with my coffee chaser. So like... (laughs) we I do a similar thing mine is in my bedside drawer so my rule is I wake up I do whatever you know I might check my phone I might listen to something I might reply to a message but the minute my feet hit the ground before I get up I have to take them yeah so that is the habit that I have to do the other day however I was like busting for the toilet so I went into the toilet and then I was like oh I might as well have my shower now and so then I shower and I was like oh just wash my hair and and like halfway through the day I was like I don't think I took any of my meds this morning. Oh, man, I have the go slows when I forget mine. Yeah. Because I had thought to myself, oh, I was like, no, I'll remember. I remember every day. Why would I forget today? (laughs) The only reason I remember is because I have it stuck. That's literally the only reason I remember to take anything. Yeah. I saw a video not long ago, like literally a couple of days ago, where it was um, neurodivergent people, especially ADHD, nearly cannot make a habit like it's it's actually not impossible but it is very very hard for us to make habits and there mm. is there is habits like we we do ingrain things in us but I even catch myself I'm like oh no I've totally got habits I'm thinking, watch this video like this guy's wrong but then I, I have really watched myself over the last few days and I go oh no I see the kettle that's my cue like I have cues to do things mm. it's not that I go oh I have coffee now and just habitually go do it it's I see the kettle and go oh it's coffee time or I see my medication and go oh it's medication time or I see oh the lunch boxes are on the bench that's right make the lunch boxes for school it's interesting it's the the cues I mean other people might be different but it just really resonated with me where I was like yeah no like the consistency of it isn't there because we do it habitually in our body and muscle memory and everything do that it is because we have these cues um, that need to remind us or to say, hey, this is it. And there are some things, like, actually, I really can't think of much at all other than going to sleep that's a habit, but even that's hard. Yeah, well, even <laughs> then, like, I am I have to be reminded to come to bed at night. Like, Cal, yeah. part of our nighttime routine is he has to come into my office yeah. and say to me, 
it's 10.30, I'm going to bed because otherwise I've lost track of time and it feels like I can't tell the difference in my body between 10.30, 11 o'clock at night and 10.30, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm just as wired, just as excited, just as exhausted. Like it's all the same. And so I actually need like that trigger. um, Listeners, go back and have a listen to an episode that was probably about a month ago called Three Times a Day. And it talks about how it's really challenging to do anything over and over again. So like, how do you habit stack? How do you, you know, get rid of having to do that thing? Because like I often say, I don't even eat three times a day. Like, and just as you're talking, and this is what I've said to other guests when we've interviewed is as we're talking, I kind of go, the light bulbs go on. Yeah. And so today, like it's nearly one o'clock and I haven't had breakfast yet, but if I had, (laughs) if I had had breakfast and the plate was sitting at my table, I would be thinking, oh, next time I stand up, I should take the plate back to the kitchen. And by going into the kitchen, I would then probably look for something to eat, not because I was necessarily hungry, because that's just like the trigger, you're in the kitchen, get something to eat. And then that would trigger the eating for the day. Mm -hmm. But because at the moment, all that's on my desk is my water bottle. That's all I've had for the last, and I've been working for like nearly five hours. Yeah. And all I've had is a bottle of water because there's been no trigger to remind me to eat. Yeah, that's it. And I I love, (laughs) I love the fact that um, they say like ADHD people would be fantastic in a zombie apocalypse um, (laughs) because if we didn't eat for a whole day and we only had one meal a day, we'd be fine. Um, We'd notice everything and like we'd be hypervigilant constantly. Um, Constantly. Yeah. So, you know, like buckle up to an ADHD friend, people, because you may need us. So, you know, it's all good. I love Um, that. mm. Let's go to a quick break and then, Jess, let's talk about newborn, pregnancy, babies, all of that stuff. Um, We'll be right back. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
Jess, when you were um, pregnant last year, I remember we talked a bit about you coming off medication. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it was like having been on meds, coming off meds, having a newborn and not being medicated. Like, yeah, give me a bit of an insight and share with our listeners what that was like um, because a lot of our clients go through that. We see a lot of clients who are seeing us and calling us in in a life-shifting moment. So it might yeah. be pregnancy, it might be a baby, and that's a really, like, transition times are yeah. particularly difficult if you're having to change your um, medication or your routines and things like that. Yeah, so I, like, I got diagnosed in the February of 2021 um, and we basically decided that we were going to try um, for our fourth um, about April or whatever, but then we we'll, had to wait until July. And then, and then I said, well, so I went to the doctors and said, hey, this is what's happening and talked to them. Um, but, yeah, basically I went off my medication in July, I think it was, and that first week was rough because it's like if you're doing life and it actually feels like you're doing life, everyone else is doing life, but they have the cheat sheet to life and you don't. And you're expected to still do the same amount of work and to the same level. Um, so getting on my medication, it was like, hey, here's half a cheat sheet. <laughs> like, it'll help. Might mm-hmm. fix it, but it's going to help. And then when I went off them to try and fall pregnant, um, it's like someone was like, nope, I'm taking that half a cheat sheet away. Just do life. You've known a few answers. Here you go. Um so I went into that first week or two was really rough because your brain is just adjusting to not having that medication there. Um, and then after that, I felt like, okay, it's not too bad. Um, and then, yeah, eventually fell pregnant. And then it's all the hormones with that. I feel like I'm, I love my husband so much that he, he stuck with that because <laughs> it was, a, it was quite rough. Um, yeah. And yeah, so the first, uh, we actually fell pregnant in the, Oh, I think early August, um, but then I ended up losing that bub in October. It was about six or seven weeks. Um, so that kind of screwed with my head a little bit, but then fell pregnant again in the end of November um, and everything was okay and then we had to do some testing and it was a bit like hold my breath, mm. I felt like, for the rest of that pregnancy. Um, but at the same time, I felt like because I I knew how good it was going to be after and like that I was allowed to go back on my meds after I have bubble or after I want to breastfeed and stuff like that. And I am like, right, I know this. I've, I've had a baby. It's nothing new. It's okay. As long as bub's okay, everything's all right. And mentally, and I think I still had that routine of the bigger kids. Um, so that kind of helped me through and my work helped me through like working. I worked all when I was with you guys, I was pregnant the whole time. Mm. Um, And, yeah, like physically I was probably a bit more exhausted, but I really loved my work and I think that really gives you that drive. And there's some days where you're tired or some days where you're going to have a shit day and that's not going to go well. Um, But, yeah, I felt like I kind of had a handle on it for being not medicated. And then I had um, bub in August um, and, yeah, like felt great. We had to stay in hospital for a week just because he was a bit jaundiced and he was a tiny, tiny baby. Um, but then, yeah, we got out and I was like, no, I think I've got this. But then I also really gave myself grace with this one, whereas the other ones I felt like I had to prove that I could do it. Whereas this one, I was like, no, like ask for help. And I did. I asked 
parents I asked friends like if someone said hey you know you know like the the thing that everyone does when you have a baby if you need anything let me know I was like I was letting them know there was no like I'm not going to do this all on my own because I can't so I did ask a friend to you know get milk every now and then for me or if she's going downtown or pick up a child like when I just got the newborn down for the sleep and I was like, it took me two years, like two hours to get this kid to sleep. I'm not going to chuck him in to go pick big, like pick the big kids up. So I would ask a friend or my sister, like, hey, can you do the school pickup for me? I'm like, yeah, sure, no worries. Or, um, you know, like that sort of stuff. Or my kids would ride or whatever. Um, and it was really, really using the village around me. Um, I'm very lucky to have a great village, but. Or even simple things, if you don't have that big village around you, is online order your groceries while, you know, while you're breastfeeding or like while you're sitting on the couch, stuck. Um, Online, you know, put an order through to your chemist. You can ring them, say, hey, I need this and this and this put together. Can you do that for me? Yeah, no worries. And then if someone does offer to grab something for you, say, sweet, can you pick that up? It's all ready to go. Um, It's if someone comes over while they're there say hey can you just watch bub i really need to have a shower it's um it's those things where you take full advantage of it because you've got your pregnancy card i mean play that for the whole nine months but you've got this newborn card and people will give you grace in it they won't judge you and if they do they shouldn't be in your village don't don't have room for people that are going to judge you on asking for help um especially as a newborn mum. and this like i biggest thing for me was I was actually breastfeeding this time I really struggled with my first three just kind of didn't even do it at all eventually um this one I breastfed for three months and it worked the first six weeks were terrible but it like we worked it out and (laughs) but it got to three months and then I um was able to organize with my ADHD doctor and, and I thought maybe I could take meds and breastfeed worked out I couldn't but that three months for me is always my make or break that is when my mental health will take a nosedive. I don't know whether it's a hormonal thing or whether it's just the sleep deprivation, the mm. everything piling up. It kind of just gets to that. And I've noticed that with all my kids. Um, so I really was like, okay, do I want to breastfeed and continue this without medication and possibly go further down? I've been down that path before. Mm. Um, or say, hey, good job for doing three months he's awesome little kid, you know, like he's going to be fine. And I know formula works because my other three were on it. Um, (laughs) So that wasn't, it was a bit sad. Like I didn't think I'd be sad, but I was a little bit sad about leaving it. But then I was like, okay, look after yourself because if I don't look after myself, then I'm not going to be able to look after anyone. So I went back on my medication at like three or four months old, uh, when he was three or four months old, weaned him off the breastfeeding first and then went on. And yeah, kind of got that half cheat sheet back again, which helped tremendously. And he was fine. Like we worked out his right formula for him and he was great. And then it really opened up to the rest of our family being quite involved, like the kids and Harley being able to feed him again. And um, Mm. yeah, and it just was a really good way of coming out of that without going too far into that hole, which I usually get into about three months. Um, and then, and really working with my ADHD doctor is to, is this working? Is this the right one? And it was because we changed the medication. Um, mm. and yeah, it's a longer acting one. So I didn't have to remember to take a lunchtime one, which really helped. 
and it was yeah really great so yeah and then it's just it, I kind of got Scott at that stage just got thrown back into life as well um of you know all the kids stuff and sport and all the things um but I do um I do remember with this time I did with that grace as well with asking for help it was grace of staying home and if I didn't if I didn't have to go to something I didn't like I just stayed home just rested and just gave my body time to rest and I Mm. think that was my biggest benefit is giving myself time to rest I don't have to do all the things my children are resilient they will live my like my everyone else is going to be fine the world's not going to crumble if I don't go to that school assembly it's fine Um, yeah and it sounds like just having the ADHD diagnosis helped you have more grace for yourself than you have in the past so much yeah so much and yeah it really really helped because before I you have those negative thoughts of like oh I'm lazy oh my god I can't believe I forgot that I'm useless like it's that is that really negative self-talk that why can't I do everything do things like other people like do things like that person why do I forget like gosh I'm lazy and I like do things but then you're like no I'm pretty good at some things too like I can really just get through and clean a whole room in 10 minutes flat like (laughs) you know like or I can stay up late making a like a book week costume the night before you know like it's yeah yeah it's so it's such a juxtaposition that you don't know what's wrong with you but at the same time you're really great at things and I think once knowing what that is and most of my personality traits are like just ADHD symptoms, but it's I know right, right? and yeah, finding yeah, finding yeah. that community. Like I found a couple of Facebook communities, and which were really great. And then like connecting with other people, and and um and you know and you guys, and and it's it's really fun in that community and finding your people. And I think once you find your people, it's going to be really good. And I and I follow a lady on Instagram. Um, her name's Dana. I can't remember her last name, but she's very big on like bodies of bodies. I like that's what kind of my journey of after having Bub was my body is my body. Like if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be here without, like I wouldn't be here. And regardless of shape, size, jiggle, so like whatever it is, <laughs> it's amazing. And I don't, I'm not going for that. I want to bounce back to how I was. I just, want to do life and if coincidentally I lose weight or if I feel like running that day or jogging or eating something healthier then I'll do that but I'm not putting those goals and expectations on myself at least for the first year anyway um just to enjoy life like and if I do then sweet if I don't whatever like (laughs) We've got to be honest, if you if an ADHD sets themselves that I must do this, yeah, that's the exact opposite thing of what we're going yeah, to do. We're just rebelling. We're just like, no way. That's um, just not going to happen. Yeah, and I've really enjoyed it, so it's really good. Can I um, – one of the things that you and I have sent many memes to each other about is ADHD paralysis. Oh, and yes. it's the most frustrating thing. I was talking to my psych about it last week because I was like, it drives me crazy. I know I need to do that thing. I know how to do that thing. I I can see that thing. thing. I want to do the thing. It's good for me to do the thing. I get enjoyment from doing the thing. And the last thing I can do is the thing. Yes, I physically cannot get up um, and do it. Yeah both you and I struggle with it at different times and, you know, we can have a laugh and just empathize, but I'd love to hear from a professional organizing perspective because clients experience this a lot when they look at a room and they think 
okay, I do know that this room is making me stress. There's clutter. It's untidy. Things don't have homes. I'm feeling like that urgency to get something done. Mm. But then they stand at the door and are completely paralyzed. Like can't, can't decide what even the first thing is. Yeah. That's, I find that quite often. I t- happens to me quite often, especially days that I forget to take my medication. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, why do I feel so down? That's right. Um, but it's, yeah, so I say to people, um, it's just like if you, if you can't decide, it's either the first thing you touch or first thing you put your eyes on. But even if that is too much, which I understand is sometimes, um, like you cannot even make that decision, walk away like even just walk away for a second, walk away to another room, make yourself a cuppa or something and then walk back or um, really like take advantage of how our brains work too. You don't have to do things how you've been told by your parents forever. Like chase the dopamine. Like that's what I like. Gamify the crap out of stuff if you have to. Like set a timer or like only pick up things that are purple or, you know, like gamify (laughs) as much as you can, especially on the days where you know you want to do the thing but you can't, really gamify it, really make things fun, really chase that dopamine. Another really great thing that I do is um, I have headphones, so not ear pods. I have like the ones that cover right over my ears Um, and I either listen to a podcast or I found this thing called 8D Audio. So it's like the number eight, the letter D for dog, and then audio, and it's music. So I go on Spotify, type in 8D Audio, comes up with playlists, and I just throw it on. And it is just the most, like, brain-scratching music oh. in the best way. Like, you know, like when you've got a No, brain- it's the worst way, Jess. No, like in the, in like, you know, like when you've got an itch on your brain, for me anyway, and you're oh, like, no, I, I just, just want to punch. No, you don't no. like it? No, oh. I put it on and I'm like, I want to rip my ears off my head. Oh, I love it. So it's it, you find your own thing, but if you can find something to listen to, I love it. It's like I go mow the lawn to it. It's the best, like, oh. or do laundry or whatever. But I have tried so many times because so many ADHDers love it. it and I just it makes me get vertigo. Like I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and violent, but, yeah. But if you, if you're a podcast listener, listen to that. If you listen to classical music, listen to that. Whatever. Like yeah. if it's yeah. try fine. out eight D audio. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to punch a hole in the wall while you're listening to it, get rid of it. But it's <laughs> um, I put that on. I put, and it really just because we get distracted not by visual as well as visually, but also audibly. So like what we can hear. Um, so you know, like if something, it's even as something as easy as like a branch hitting a wall or something like that it's like that squirrel moment but with listening and we go oh and it breaks our attention to what we were doing and we look at something um so with those headphones on it just pulls away all those little noises the background noise we're just listening to what we're listening to so it kind of halves our destruction our distractions down to just our visual ones but usually if we're focusing on a task we've got our blinkers on and we're like that's what we're doing Mm. Um, I often just don't even have like I'll put headphones in, yeah, and just not have anything playing. Yeah, yeah, noise um, cancelling headphones are great as well. Yeah, um, and sometimes it's just that I need the feeling of them in my ear. Yeah, like yeah, the I, I don't. Feeling, yeah, correct. I need the sensory. Yesterday though, I had an embarrassing moment That's where funny. I had put my earbuds in. I hadn't been listening to anything because I just needed them in. 
but then I spent 10 minutes looking for them. And, and I was like, listen. when was the last time that I made a phone call? I can't even remember. Where would I have been? Um, I haven't even been listening to music this morning. You crack me up. Yeah. I know. And it's, it is like that though. Like we forget that we've even got stuff on like, and uh, it's, it's like that. And, but yeah, if for people who get that paralysis, sometimes we get paralysis because it is our body telling us to rest. So mm-hmm. maybe go lay down for 10 minutes, scroll your phone if you want to. Do not feel guilty about that. Like no. set a timer on your phone or whatever. Like do that for as long as you need to. I mean like sometimes if it's six hours, go for it. But if it's like if you really need to get something done, set that like set that false boundary or say, hey, this needs to be done at this time and you know you've only got 10 minutes left to that, right, well, I can scroll my phone for 10 minutes get that and that's another dopamine chase too is watching videos or resting or tv or whatever it is mm. so get that little hit and then go right i'm gonna gamify the shit out of this room like i'm gonna only pick up things that start with the letter s or you know yep. do yep. things like that or i'm gonna clear this tiny little section and make it break everything down very very small um because when you've got just, a professional organizer in, they'll do it quite big. They'll do a big go. But when you're by yourself, break it down so damn small, even if it's down to one thing. Like, yeah, and it's just like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been learning um, that I just thought of that might be helpful for our community is I've been kind of learning to listen to my body more. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if it's just me or if it's an ADHD thing, but I often find that it's really hard to connect with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what my body's telling me. I can't read my own body. Yeah. I will, um, you know, get really low blood sugar or really low blood pressure or like, and then I'm, but I don't notice it until it's like, oh my gosh, you're actually about to pass out. Yeah, there is actually a medical term for it. I learned about that not long ago. Ah. Um, I can't remember what it is. But there you go. And is it ADHD related? Yeah, a lot of neurodivergent people have it. So your body could be screaming for food, but you don't realize. Um, yeah it's not until you're like oh I feel woozy um or you know like what's going on and mine's water I forget to drink water I don't listen to my body with water so I get to the end of the day and I will chug like three massive glasses of water because like why am I so thirsty realize I haven't drunk an ounce of water all day um there is actually a word for that yeah you don't you don't do it or another thing is that we won't listen to our body because if we do go listen to our body we will stop what we are doing and we'll forget to go back to do it. So we prioritise our task over looking for ourselves. So, yes, and that reminds me why I was telling you actually about the body is because what I've noticed is that when I'm listening and I'm like, I'm so tired, I'm just paralysed, I'm not making decisions, I'm not being productive. Yeah. I'm like, what does my body need? I actually just need to go lie on my bed. And mm. it's what I find is I'm I'm getting better at and I'll put an alarm on for 10 minutes. It's like, and then when I feel like I'm kind of coming out of that, because I feel like we have like um, waves. And so as I'm coming into a wave of like energy, immediately right then and there, I need to get up and go and do the thing. Mm. And it's been really awesome kind of learning how my body works. Like Cal finds it quite confusing at times. Last night, it it must've been about nine o'clock. He said, you look really tired. Why don't you have an early night? And I said, oh, I'm not quite on the wave of tiredness yet. I said, like, I, I know what you mean. I know I look tired. I know I feel tired, but I'm not going to be able to sleep. 
Yeah. So I just need to kind of listen to my body. And then I went and did some work, but then I felt like I was heading into that, like, oh, 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 it's coming, it's coming, I'm getting really tired. And then I turned off my computer and was in bed in three minutes and went to sleep. Because I'm learning that my body rhythms are not, and maybe nobody's is, wake up in the morning, get ready for work, work eight hours, go home, have dinner, watch a show. I don't know what people do after dinner because I generally work or hang out with the family, whatever. And then like, but I need to listen to my body. And sometimes that means going to bed at five o'clock in the afternoon. And sometimes that's 2 a.m. Yeah. And that's (laughs) that's okay. I feel like if we listen to ourselves, especially without energy, it's um, and work with ourselves like a lot of routines as such as out there um, really is just neurotypical routines um, yeah. if we give ourselves the grace that we don't have to have these set routines these tasks kind of have to be done um, but do it how it works for you um, then I think that works a lot too another thing mm. to get out of that um, ADHD paralysis or if you aren't can't do something quite often is change your sensory so for me it's having a shower I go and have a shower change that body feel um Mm -hmm. and then I come out and I feel really good because I'm it's changed my surroundings change how I feel physically as well um or change your clothes or put your shoes on a really good one is put your shoes on if you if you really take note especially if you're an ADHD person if you come home from doing stuff and you kick your shoes off at the front door you're gone. Like, you're done for and, the day. And don't sit down. Don't sit down. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Leave your shoes on or have inside shoes, whatever it is, but chuck some shoes on and don't sit down until your task is done. If you're checking phone, check your phone, but like don't sit down um, and leave those shoes on. And I yesterday afternoon I was I went to work, worked like four or five hours, come home. I was dog tired. Like I could have easily slept for three hours, but I knew I still had to have stuff done. So I did. I just left all my full work kit on left Mm. my work shoes on, just pushed through it and got all my stuff done. And then once I went and had a shower, then I was like, okay, rest. Like I can lay down the couch now and chill out. Um, And I did. And and I think that's a really, a really, really helpful thing for um, people who are wanting to go. Like I want that professional organizer experience in my home, but for whatever reason, that's not something I can invest in at the moment is like, okay, well, how do you, how do you kind of hack it? Okay, well, get dressed as if someone's coming over. Put your shoes and socks on. Yeah. Like set yourself a lunch break. Yeah. You might have a friend call for accountability. Yeah. Like the the skills that um, when if you have ADHD and you're looking to engage a professional organiser, Jess and I are here waving the flag saying get someone out who understands ADHD. Yeah. Get someone out. Whether they have it or not is actually kind of irrelevant um, because – people who don't have ADHD can just as well use the the tools and the tips and all of that type of thing. Those of us with ADHD, like we just bring all of that life experience as well, but it's having your team around you. Um, And And especially that newborn phase, like if you have a newborn and you really need something done, like a room declutter or whatever, it's so worth it in the way that you can get a whole thing done in four hours. Whereas, yeah. And it would take, takes that mental load off you. Then you don't have to think about it then for months or whenever it was that you would normally be. Um, And quite often in our client sessions, I'll actually find money or we find vouchers or we find so much stuff that the, that the client doesn't have to buy that stuff for months. So it actually, they get their money back in a lot of the cases. So often, so, so so often. Yeah. 
Jess, we could talk all day Literally. about yes. being professional organisers and yeah. ADHD and, like, at times we do. Um, even last night, what time did we finish messaging? Uh, when we were like in? 11.30, it it's fine. Well, it was 11.30 for you, 12.30 yeah. for me. Yes. <laughs> because when you find, and I think, Jess, you've used the word a few times, your village, mm. That's really important. And listeners, if you don't have a village that understands you, whether it's an autism village, an ADHD village, a mum of triplets village, a village for single parents, a village for new immigrants, like whatever it is, your village is really important. We at the Art of Decluttering would love to be that village. Like Mm -hmm. our Facebook community group, I posted on there yesterday, like you guys just embrace the value of community. And so come and join us. If you live in the Claremont region in Queensland, get Jess out to work with you. If you live in Melbourne or Gippsland or the Yarra Ranges or Perth, have the Art of Decluttering team out to help you. Like we are so passionate about helping you live your best life and have freedom from clutter, but also freedom from overwhelm, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame. Jess, thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Anytime. Uh, Don't say anytime because then I'll call you back in an hour and we'll do it all again. Sure. (laughs) Listeners, I hope that you are really enjoying this series. Please share it with someone that you think would benefit. They don't have to have ADHD to get a heap of stuff out of what Jess has shared today. Um, Maybe it's someone who has a newborn. Maybe it's someone who's trying to run their own business. Share away um, and until then, enjoy the freedom. I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is recorded on. I would also like to pay respects to their elders, both past and present of the Kulin Nation, and extend that respect to other Indigenous Australians. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to rate and review the show on your podcast app. That will help others to find the Art of Decluttering podcast as well. If you'd like any more information, you can visit theartofdecluttering.com.au and I would love to see you in my Facebook group. Just search The Art of Decluttering Community on Facebook and join today. I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.